This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. There's a trial that got underway this week at a federal court in Birmingham that has to do with the recent redistricting approved by the Alabama legislature. A special session was called to order this past November to deal with the 2020 census results, which is required by law, and that's when the redistricting happened. Now there's two different plaintiffs who have filed a lawsuit to challenge those districting plans. State Senator and Democrat Minority Leader Bobby Singleton is one of those plaintiffs, along with the director of Alabama Forward, Evan Milligan. The plaintiffs want another particular district to be redrawn so that minority residents are able to create a second congressional district that has a majority of minority voters. The lawsuit claims that the current redistricting violates the Voting Rights Act. Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill is named as the defendant in both of those cases. U.S. Circuit Judge Stanley Marcus and U.S. District Judges Anna Manasco and Terry Moore are presiding over this case. 1819 News reporter Sean Patrick Taylor is covering the case, and it can be followed through articles on the 1819 News website. Well, the updated website for the Alabama legislature is now up and running. The upgrades now make it easier to track the legislative process of bills and will be easier to navigate from a cell phone or a tablet. Search functions have also been expanded to allow for multiple keyword searches by legislator, year, subject, and and so on. The new website will show what committees your state representative or state senator is serving on and also on how they may be voting on certain bills in real time during the legislative session. There's also a continuation of the live streaming and daily agendas and calendar on the website. You can check it all out at legislature.state.al. The head of the tourism company in Dothan is in trouble with the law. Aaron McCrate is the CEO of Visit Dothan. He was indicted this week for federal bank fraud charges. The charges against McCrate involve a music festival that was held in Iowa back in 2018 and was called Nubo Evolve. Prosecutors say that McCrate was able to bilk $2 million from that event while planning it out and garnering loans. The board of directors for Visit Dothan have all decided to retain McCrate in his current position, saying that they have confidence in his financial management of this particular company. The group says that McCrate has expressed guilt and remorse for his involvement in that festival, and they will wait for the judge to determine any punishment for him. This week, Governor Ivey revealed a plan by the state to improve existing railways and build connecting rails through central and southern Alabama. The first part of the project would connect the Port of Mobile to McCullough's intermodal facility, which is just outside of Birmingham. The first phase in this project will cost about $71 million. Overall, the railway system will cover 280 miles, and the total cost is set around $231 million. The goal is to enhance the infrastructure within the state of Alabama for future economic development. A funeral service has now been set for Nancy Worley, the former chairwoman of the Alabama Democratic Party. Worley died at the age of 70 after a severe illness had her hospitalized for more than a week at the end of 2021. The funeral service for Worley will be held this coming Friday at the First Baptist Church in New Hope. A memorial service will be held in Montgomery on January 12th at the Alabama Activity Center. That service starts at noon. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, 
U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland gives an update on the Department of Justice and its efforts to find those involved in the Capitol breach on January 6th. Interfering with a fundamental element of American democracy, the peaceful transfer of power from one administration to the next. Those involved must be held accountable, and there is no higher priority for us at the Department of Justice. Garland speaks on the day of the one-year anniversary that the protests happened in Washington, D.C. Millions of people showed up in the capital city. Regarding the presidential election of 2020, a few hundred entered the Capitol building and caused some damage there. The one person who was killed during that event was shot by a Capitol Police officer. That was Ashley Babbitt. Meanwhile, the government watchdog group Judicial Watch also released a video on the same day that Merrick Garland spoke about the shooting death of Ashley Babbitt on that day. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton. Judicial Watch is actually doing real investigations of January 6th. Judicial Watch uncovered that Ashley Babbitt was senselessly killed by uh, the U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant Byrd. There was no good reason. She wasn't armed. We have video showing how dangerous that situation was. He just fired, and there were all sorts of police and others behind her. It's crazy. Of course, we have other FOIAs and records requests. I think we did, I know we've asked the Capitol Police for records about the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. They haven't given us any records yet. We may have to sue them again. A professor at the New York University is coming out and saying what has been brewing below the surface among certain political groups during all of this COVID-19 virus outbreak. Arthur Kaplan teaches bioethics. He spoke on CNN saying it's time to target the unvaccinated. We can penalize them more. We can say, we got to pay more on your hospital bill if you weren't vaccinated. You can't get life insurance or disability insurance at affordable rates if you aren't vaccinated. Those companies should not treat us as equals in terms of what the financial burdens are that that disease imposes. So I can think of a number of ways in which we should say, mm-hmm. here's the stick, get on board. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul is speaking out against forced vaccines. Paul spoke on Fox News. And the thing is, that's not good science. That's actually malpractice. To force a booster on a 15-year-old male child is malpractice without knowing whether they've already been infected previously or without fully understanding the myocarditis that is a side effect of this vaccine. Particularly some vaccines are worse for this. Moderna turns out to be worse for myocarditis for these young males. Young males shouldn't be getting that. A top expert in the medical field is challenging the credibility of another person considered an expert. Dr. Anthony Fauci recently spoke about whether or not you can trust cloth masks to provide protection from the Omicron virus. When the CDC says they are effective, in fact, they are. Dr. Robert Malone has an answer to Fauci's statement. Malone is the inventor of the mRNA vaccine delivery system and says he has worked with Fauci for decades. Yes, it's a, I mean, it's Tony. Uh, What can I say? Tony has no integrity. He lies all the time. And I've me and my peers have have been watching this for decades. We just shrug our shoulders and shake our heads and say it's Fauci. Malone responded to Fauci's comments on Fox News. There is a ballot brouhaha that's developing in the state of Georgia. A whistleblower is telling the group True the Vote that he is one of 240 ballot traffickers who emptied their backpacks full of filled in ballots into the ballot boxes ahead of the 2020 presidential election. John Fredericks with America's Real Voice has been covering that case in Georgia 
and spoke about it. Hunt harvesting in Georgia is illegal as it is in Wisconsin and other states. So here's what happened. Every single Dropbox in Georgia, in every precinct, part of the consent decree, they would have a video camera, right? So everything was video 24 hours a day. Well, Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, never actually went back and looked at any of the videos, right? They contracted it out. Somebody said, yeah, we looked at them. Nothing to see here. An organization called True the Vote, led by Catherine Engelbrecht, the old-fashioned way, FOIA requests, got access to the videotapes looking over the drop boxes 24 hours a day. On the tapes, they identified 240 of the same people going around the state, stuffing ballot drop boxes between 2 and 5 a.m., not 8 p.m. at night, not 10 a.m., between 2 and 5 a.m., where they were emptying backpacks out and dropping 10, 15, 20, 100 ballots into a drop box. Totally illegal. Now, they also commercially checked phone records against all this. And here's what they found. They got 240 people doing this on tape over and over and over. But here's the here's the bottom line, right? The one whistleblower that came forward because allegedly his mom uh, said, look, what you were doing was wrong. You need to be honest about it. Own up to it. He was paid $10 a ballot. I just want you to do the math here. He was paid $10 a ballot and he made $45,000 between November 3rd and the runoff. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger says an investigation is being launched into the systemic ballot harvesting that occurred. A U.S. Congresswoman for the state of Michigan is now the 25th Democrat who will not be seeking re-election to their seat in November of 2022. House member Brenda Lawrence announced earlier this week that she won't be running again in the district. She's not happy with the new boundaries that have been placed upon her district by state lawmakers who redrew the boundary lines. The new area includes a suburban area and not downtown Detroit. Lawrence claims it divides a majority black neighborhood that she's been serving as congresswoman. 67-year-old Lawrence has held the elected office for 30 years. She says she's incredibly grateful for the people of the 14th Congressional District that trusted her with their vote. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he talks to Matthew Clark of the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty when it comes to military vaccine mandates. Now, some things have happened, though, already in recent days. I mentioned the Head Start and the Navy SEALs case. Pick one of those two uh, and tell me what you saw in terms of the the rulings that came down on those. Uh, You know, these decisions are both recent, and they're both wins for liberty, not only because they got to the right result, but because they were addressing some fundamental issues that courts typically don't go that deep on. Let's start with the Navy SEAL case. Uh, That one was um, taken by uh, First Liberty Institute brought that. They're they're based in Texas. They're a uh, religious liberty law firm, and and they've really got the reputation that they really try to build a reputation on winning. So they might not not always take the cases that are risky, but if First Liberty Institute winds up filing suit, nine times out of ten they wind up winning. Um, so here they went to bat for a bunch of Navy SEALs who were ready to resign from the military over this vaccine mandate on religious freedom grounds. Um, and so they, they filed suit, and, and uh, I think it was at the end of last week, um, the, the judge ruled in their favor. And what he wound up saying was, look, you know, although we ask citizens to become soldiers, they don't lose their citizenship when they become soldiers. They still have constitutional rights that don't... Uh, they, they don't wind up completely giving away. 
And, and what they said was uh, the military up until this point has granted uh, exemptions from the vaccine mandate if you have a health excuse. So by that, what you're showing is that you're willing to grant exemptions. Yet to this day, not a single exemption has been granted on religious freedom grounds. And under the Supreme Court's case law, if you start granting exemptions, then if you don't grant one based on a religious request, it's presumptively unconstitutional. So uh-huh. uh, that was a very good ruling. Uh, I think they got a great judge who was very much in favor of sticking up for these seals. So it got to a great result, and I hope that that judgment stays in place. You can listen more to Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying the daily detail and want to get those reports to your phone, remember you can subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 